Welcome, and thank you for joining us for Simple Truths, the podcast of Bible Baptist Church of Wilmington, Ohio. Today, we will dive into God's Word to seek simple truths for everyday life. Let's join Pastor Josh Dixon for today's Simple Truth. 1 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to begin in verse 14. I'm going to read into chapter 4. So we'll begin in chapter 3 here, verse 14. We'll read through uh, some verses of chapter 4 as well. Follow along. Verse 14. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Verse 1, chapter 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We're seeing some of that, aren't we? Forbidding to marry, we're certainly seeing that, and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. You know what he's saying in verse 4? Eat whatever you want to. It's a promise of God, amen? Mercy, I'm going to stand on that one. And nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. And yes, I am thankful, Lord. Verse 5. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. You know what that means? There's some bad ones. Be a good one, because there can be some bad ones. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. Amen. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. We began last week, we're asking the question, why do I? That's the question we're asking. Why do I, or why do we do the things that we do, and why are these things so important to our lives? Maybe a better way to ask it, why are these things so important to our faith, our relationship with the Lord? Last week, we explored the truths that we uh, that have become the building blocks for our belief system. We said last week, and we stand on that today, you must know what you believe. Please say amen to that. Today, we're celebrating the blessing of having a place to belong. Why do I have a place to belong? We're speaking of the church. We're talking about God's house. We're talking about a family of believers. I'm thankful for all of that, aren't you? When God saves you, he does not desire for you to float in the balance or to be driven by the directionless winds of life or of the world or even of yourself. God has given you the pillar and ground of truth. Paul says, to be the guidepost of your faith and your walk in Christ. He's speaking of, and the Apostle Paul in this text, he's speaking of the church. God still believes in the church. It's his program. It's his vehicle to reach the lost, to strengthen the believer and proclaim truth, listen, no matter the season. 
As long as he tarries his coming, we are to continue this pattern. Nothing is to stop this pattern. As long as he tarries his coming, we are to continue in this activity, this relationship, and this fellowship, the place of his house, the place of his church. Somewhere along the line, the enemy's subtleness is seen in the heart and mind of the believer concerning this place, though, and its responsibility. We, many of us anyway, have relented to the demand of our schedule overruling the needed priority of preaching and discipleship. We are overrunning with personal desire, choosing, key word, choosing temporal activity in place of eternal investment. You do realize that this morning, don't you? You're making an eternal investment by being here this morning. Please say amen to that. We are robbing the future of what God has intended discipleship to truly look like. You will struggle to be a disciple without this place. Our children need the effect of this place. Please testify to that. Not just in their life, but more importantly, in our life as well. Our children need us, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles. Our children today need us to be in this place. They need us to be authentic. They need a pattern. They need an example of what a a disciple, a Christian, is supposed to look like. How they're supposed to act. How they're supposed to talk. How they're supposed to think and make decisions. What we are doing here this morning is eternally important, isn't it? It's not a charade. This is not a habit. This is not a ritual. This is not a religion. God desires us to take this as seriously as he does. I pause there in introduction this morning. Without answering out loud, I ask you that question. Do you take this experience, the experience of being in God's house, being the church, as serious as he does? If you do, it will require you to be all in, to not hold anything back, to not not allow even yourself to become a stumbling block, your own, as we said here in introductory statements, to be your own stumbling block, to get in your own way. You'll have to be all in. You literally need a place to belong concerning a house of worship. You'll never get the full effect, listen, watching from the sideline. You'll never get the full effect from the bleacher seats of your faith or your Christianity. Please say amen to that. Let me clarify. If you're attending, if you're visiting this morning, you should be seeking God's will for your place of membership in the house of God. Now, I'll go as far as just to tell you that. It may be here, it may be somewhere else, but you ought to be seeking your place. We don't come here to just sit and be a part of it. We come here to serve, amen? Read Philippians chapter 2. We are servants of Christ. If you're a member of this church, you ought to act like one. We should not have to wonder and, and view you from a distance wondering, are they really a part of this or are they not? It should be really evident that you're a part of it because you ought to be involved. Let's celebrate this wonderful place this morning that God has given us in this text, in this writing to Timothy. Paul is reminding Timothy of a few things about the church, the house of God. He begins, number one, that this is a place of prayer, a place of prayer. Now I'm going to turn from our home text, if you'll go with me, to chapter 2, please, of this same book, chapter 2. In the second chapter, Paul shifts gears and begins to, to give a blueprint of what the church, as we have experienced here already in the reading, is to, is to look like. He begins with a staple, a staple of our existence. He gives us the prescription of prayer. In chapter 2, notice verse 1, if you would, of this text in 1 Timothy. Verse 1 says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, 
intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, we all know that prayer is simply our line of communication with God. And what we are doing here is directly linked to our position of prayer. Paul alludes to the, to the fact that this is, a necessary, uh, this is a necessary piece before anything else happens in this place. Before even the 10 o'clock worship service begins, prayer should have already been a part of our existence. Please testify to that. He says in verse 1, I exhort, therefore, that first, if you're keeping notes, I would certainly highlight that or make it a, make it a point to, to, to uh, remember that. First of all, we should be praying before we ever arrive to this address. We should be praying for one another. We should be praying for our leadership. We should be praying for the teaching and the preaching. We should be praying for the music, the musicians. We should be praying for ourselves. We should be praying for our response today. You do realize that. You have come today for a response. Yeah, you've heard me say that time and time again. It is our prayer that you leave different than you came today, amen? That requires a response. Praying for all of the ingredients of this worship experience. Praying for, praying for the very words. I often ask the Lord for that. Lord, bless every word that is spoken from the platform today. Let us be on point and spirit-led. Be with Brother David as he gives filler filler statements and filler words in between the songs. Help him to point us to a place of true experiencing the Spirit of God. Pray for these singers. Lord, help them to be pure in their intention as they lead us to your word. Pray for the musicians as they've practiced, as they've planned out to hit every note, to be in their place. They've arrived early. They've warmed up. They've done everything that they need to do. They know the music. Pray, Lord, for our tech team. Pray for every piece of the service. Pray for every button that's pushed, every dial that's, that's moved up and brought back down. Pray for the sound. Pray for the cameras. Pray for the live stream. Praying for every piece of this moment of worship before we ever physically get into our place. Paul reminds Timothy, prayer should be your first priority. Do you ever do this? I pray for the people that I don't know. I could just about go through each section and at least name your first name. But I'm praying, Lord, help there to be someone here today that I don't know. Praying for visitors. Praying for increase and blessing upon all of the visits, the phone calls, the contacts that have been made throughout this past week in preparation for this very day. Paul says, first of all, you must pray. He goes on and he says, exhort. It means to strongly encourage or urge you to do something. Prayer is an investment in your pursuit. You are investing. When you are praying, you are investing in this experience before you ever get here. It involves more than just asking for our needs. Paul says, supplications, prayers, intercessions in verse 1, and giving of thanks. If you're keeping notes, supplication is the action of asking or begging for something earnestly. This involves seeking God for what you cannot provide in your own strength. Let me ask you that this morning in the way of prayer. What are you begging God for this morning? What are you pleading for God to do in the way of supplication this morning in your life? He goes on and he says prayers. Prayers is the communication piece. It includes worship and praise, opening up a line for heaven to speak into your life today. In that opening prayer, we often say this. I said it this morning. We are inviting God to come and meet with us. And I think that that is an imperative piece to our worship service. 
literally saying from our heart and mind to heaven, come and meet with us. Lord, we don't want to be remiss. We don't want to miss the mark this morning. We want you to be here in our presence. Come and meet with us. Intercessions in this text. This does not mean that we are coming on behalf of others, not in this specific setting, but has the idea of coming to God in boldness in confidence. Hebrews 10 verse 19 says, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's what we're doing this morning. He goes on and he says, giving thanks. This is for specific things, not a tack on phrase at the end of your prayer, but literally in this moment, in this setting as the church, the people of God, giving God thanks for what he's doing. What should you give him thanks for this morning? What has God done in your life? this week. And he wraps it up with all men. The intercessory, this is truly the intercessory part that we are familiar with, going to God on behalf of others. Jesus referred to this place as the house of prayer in Mark chapter 11, verse 7. I'm thankful that we have an intercessory part that we can go to God on behalf of others. There are folks on the other side of the camera this morning relying on us to seek God on their behalf. We've been praying for several weeks for Keith Sal. The list is lengthy. I gave an example Wednesday evening in our Bible study setting that one of our young people said to me two weeks ago, he gave me the prayer list and he said, I've been praying for every name on this prayer list on a weekly basis now for just about a month. He said, I never knew we had this many names on the prayer list. But he went on to say, I'm also seeing that as you talk about how God is answering prayer, that's a part of my own prayer life. We're seeing God move on behalf, on behalf of others. A place to belong includes a place of prayer, a house of prayer. Number two this morning, a place of protection, a place of protection. In this place, there are two scriptural offices that are set in place for your benefit. Can I say that to you? For your benefit. The office of the bishop in this text of, of 2 Timothy uh, chapter uh, chapter 3, the, the listing here in verse 1 of chapter 3 down through about verse 7 is the qualifications of a good pastor, a bishop. Paul says that this work, the work of a bishop, the work of a pastor, is a good work. And I've certainly found that to be true. However, there is nothing that is easy about this calling or this position. In verse 1 of chapter 3, it's a reminder to Timothy uh, that his reproach will determine the outcome of successfulness. He says, if a man desire the office of a, vi- of a bishop, we know that it comes with a calling of God, but it has to come with an acceptance of that calling. He's reminding Timothy to do your very best. There's a multitude of scriptural requirements in verses 1 through 7 of chapter 3, the book of 1 Timothy, that should define your spiritual leader. I'm not going to go through all of these, but I would encourage you in your own quiet time this week to reflect on those verses, verses 1 through 7. Proper biblical church leadership. Please say amen to that. It's important for your life. It's not something to compromise. It's not something to take lightly. And it's certainly something that you should follow according to the scriptures. It's not a position for the unaware, the scriptural word. It's not a position for the novice. And I say that because it is something that I take 
personally very seriously, and you should too. It's not just a flyover description in verses 1 through 7 of proper pastoral leadership. The scriptures say, as I'll just quickly touch a few of these qualifications, the scriptures say that it should be a man, a male. He should be a husband. He should be the lover of his home. He should not be greedy. He should be kind, hospitable. He should be a teacher. He should be a manager. He should have a good testimony. Now listen, the awkwardness of this relationship is we're talking about you and I, right? But if these things should be true for me, they should also be true for you. It would make our job and our relationship a whole lot easier, amen? Yeah, the office of a bishop, the office of a pastor. He goes on to the office of a deacon. In verses 8 through 13 of chapter 3, the title of deacon means servant. That is easily seen in their initial appointment, Acts chapter 6. These men are not to run the church, but to help, to assist the bishop, the pastor, in tasks that would hinder him from from giving his all, hinder me from giving my all to the work of the ministry. These men are spiritual. These men are involved in the work of the ministry. In Hebrews chapter 13, hold your place in our home text, and let's go over to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, speaking of this leadership that God has placed in our lives in the way of our faith relationship with him. Hebrews chapter 13 says something very important about this relationship of, our, of leadership in your life. This placement of protection, spiritual protection in your life. And let me, let me just boil that down. Look up here real quick before we read that text. That's what this, these relationships are built for in your life. You do understand that, right? The relationship that you have with me, your shepherd, your under-shepherd, your pastor, the scriptural position of deacons in our church, they are placed in your life for protection. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 proves it to us. In verse 17 of chapter 13, it says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they, look at this, watch for your souls as they that must give an account. They may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable. Notice this, for you. They watch for your souls. What a statement. What a truth. What a reality. That's spiritual protection if I ever heard it. And the text goes on to remind, to teach, to tell us that I give an account for that. It's not something to be whimsical about. It's not something to be loose, loose leaf about. This is serious business this morning. And I say this to you this morning, if you're visiting, attending, you've been visiting for some time, everyone needs a preacher. That's easy for you to see, Pastor Josh. You are a preacher. <laughs> Everybody needs this relationship. Everybody needs the guidance, the love of spiritual leadership in their life. Number three, the, the place of pattern. The place of pattern. Paul is teaching and reminding Timothy in the church at Ephesus that the house of God provides a pattern for our behavior. And that applies inside and outside of these walls. A personal pattern for your faith to be at its very best. If you look at chapter 3, verse 15 of our home text back in 1 Timothy Verse 15 says, But if I tarry long, thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Let me just say this to you this morning, just in reading that simple verse. This is not a free-for-all. What we do here on a weekly basis is not a free-for-all. This is to be very pointed. This is to come with great guidance, the guidance of God. Paul says, listen, if I can't get to you in a hurry... I can't get to you as soon as I'd like to get to you. Listen, Timothy, you need to know, number one, how to handle yourself, and the people need to know how to handle themselves in the house of God. It's to be done, what is he saying? It's to be done right. It's not a free-for-all. It's a place of pattern. In verse 15, we find that this reference is linking us to a local church 
foundation is as, as true as it is that everybody needs a preacher, that means this, that everybody needs a church. Everybody needs a church family. An active, normal, and healthy church experience is for you to be present in church. I'm going to say that again because you'll likely forget that by next week. An active, normal, and healthy church experience is for you to be present in church, physically present. It's crucial to who you are in Jesus. It's crucial to who you are as a husband. It's crucial to who you are as a wife, a mommy, a daddy, a mamma, a papa. It's crucial to who you are on Monday morning when you show up at work. It's crucial, we've said this many times, to the fishbowl in which we live in, a small rural community where everybody knows everybody. It's crucial to who you are as a believer in Christ. You need this place. And listen, you don't don't need this place once a month. You don't need this place when it's convenient for your schedule. You need this place every week. It's why our doors are open Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday. It's not for just when it fits in. It should be the priority of your life and faith. And that goes for every one of us. We're just saying that, Pastor Josh, because you're the preacher, right? You have to be here. I'm thankful to be here. We all ought to be here as much as we possibly can because of what this place means to us in Christ. Think about the possibility here. If you're not here, it means that you're somewhere else. And if all that we've said thus far is true, then this is the best place for you as a believer. When you're not here, you're somewhere else, which means you're not in the best place for your faith. If you were meant to watch from a distance and have a surface experience, then why would he say in the text, behave yourself in the house of God? We need to be the church. We need to, we need to show forth the importance of, of preaching and teaching and growing in discipleship in the way of, in the way of uh, our relationship with God. The emphasis here is on structure. It's on the pattern. And there has to be order. There has to be organization. There has to be a chain of command for God's work. He has built that into everything that he has instituted. The church is no different. In reference to ministry, 1 Corinthians, if you're keeping notes, chapter 14, verse 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. It's one of the things that I'm thankful about in the way of our church. We strive to do things decently in order. Now listen, we're not perfect. Whoa. We're not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church, right? You've heard the old joke. When you find it, don't don't join it. You'll mess it up. <laughs> There's no such thing as a perfect church. But there is such thing as a perfect pursuit, doing our very best for the things of God. That's my desire. That's our desire. Amen. And I'm thankful for for things being done decently in order, organization. Quickly, let me give you two thoughts concerning the pattern of the local church. First of all, no Christian is an island unto himself. I've heard that being in the ministry for over 20 some years. I've, I've heard I've heard folks say that. Well, I don't need church. I can do this or I can do that. It kind of suffices for it. No, friend. That's a subtle lie of the devil. No Christian is an island unto themselves. Christian fellowship's crucial, isn't it? You're not an island. Secondly, no one can do that which is right in his own sight. Meaning we need guidance. We need teaching and preaching. There's a format to all of this in the way of our faith. You don't have it all figured out. Would you testify to that? It's step by step, and I'm thankful for that, aren't you? 
that each week God's giving us a little more of the process. He's giving us a little more grace. He's giving us a little more mercy. He's giving us another opportunity to grow and to be tried and, and, and to extend our faith in him. There's a pattern to all of this. Number four, and I'll be finished. It's a place of profit. The church is an equation for success in your life. Proper direction points to nourished disciples. Chapter 4, verse 6 of this text in 1 Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Look at this. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Sound preaching and teaching in the settings of this ministry provides you with protection of your mind, protection of your, your heart, not only inside these walls, but outside, more importantly, of these walls. Let me just go ahead and highlight that and say that once again. You need sound preaching and teaching in your life. Let me say that in a more personal way. I need, we need sound teaching and preaching in our life. You're going to hear all kinds of things out there. What happens in here helps you to decipher what you hear out there. We would all agree with that in the way of our young people. So many things are being pumped into their mind today. I remember, now listen, I'm 43 years old, but I remember a day in my own life when homosexuality was not spoke of. It was kept in the shadows. It was kept behind the scene. Our young people today, if they do not get sound teaching and preaching, will not know the difference. That's just one example. There are thousands others. We all need sound teaching and preaching in our, in our life. And I don't know about you, but when I listen to the radio, when I watch a program on television, when I listen to a podcast, I'm doing other things. When I mow the yard and listen to a, a spiritual podcast or listen to one of, my, one of my preacher friends preach a message, listen, I'm doing other things. I'm trying to keep from hitting the fence with the mower. Run over my wife's flowers. I'm dodging the dog. Huh? My mind is in other places, but when we are in this place, we are focused. We're experiencing it. And we are, most importantly, challenged to respond to what we have heard and what we have believed. Proper direction points to nourished disciples. Verse 7 says that we should exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Proper exercise provides you with profit. The word exercise comes from the word in the Greek here, translating over, in which we get the word gymnasium. Exercise requires determination, doesn't it? It requires discipline. It requires clearing some things out and being pointed to do those things. Listen, if you're going to go out and walk on the treadmill today, you're going to have to have some discipline to put down the extra dessert and go walk. Or you could eat and walk, I guess. <laughs> You'll have to be determined. You'll have to be disciplined to do those things. And listen, this experience is really no different. If you're going to exercise godliness in your life, you will have to be those two things. You'll have to be determined to do it. You'll have to learn to prioritize and scoot some things over in your life so that you can be in your place. You'll have to teach your children that with sports and other activities. I remember too, in, in early in my life as a child, Wednesday nights were set apart. There's no practice on Wednesday. Sundays, I remember, I've told you this before, this proves that we are getting old. And I said we. I remember in Wilmington when the stores were closed. Sunday has become, a, has become another day. In many lives, it has become a me day rather than a God day. For per personally speaking, that's the difference for me. I want this to be a God day. I want to set it aside. And I know the New Testament comes with grace and mercy, but listen, I still have a, I still have a thing about that I don't do extra things on Sunday. I point it to 
setting it aside, a day of enjoyment, a day of rest, a different day than all the rest. It's not a me day, it's God's day. If you're going to exercise yourself to godliness, you're going to have to determine that nothing else is going to stand in the way. You're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to cut out all of the compromise in your life. Let me just be straightforward with you this morning. Godliness comes at a price, but it'll always be worth the price. Godliness comes with a price. It'll always be worth the price. We've just been lulled into this thinking that that it's not worth paying the price in our life. I've said to you before, we have so many choices today. Make the right choice for your life, for your family, for the next generation. You need a place to belong. Some of you have a decision to make today concerning godliness itself. Some of you are here this morning and you're not saved. You need to be saved. Before you can ever do the other things, you need to get saved. You need to exercise godliness in your life. You need to understand and see. We've not talked a lot about this this morning, but you need to understand and see that God gave his only son for you. He died on a cross. He was buried and he rose again, all for you to have a personal relationship with him. Some of you need to be saved this morning. Some of you need to exercise godliness in the way of baptism. You've been saved, but you've not been baptized. Some of you have spiritual decisions to make in your life. You have sin in your life and you need to confess of it. You need to repent of it. It's not okay. It's not okay to continue to live your life with sin in your life. It's standing between you and God. You need to deal with your sin today. Some of us could be more godly. Some of us could extend ourselves just a little bit more. We could take another step toward God. And if that is your situation this morning, you already know what that step is. That's the wonderful thing about God, isn't it? You already know what is on the front porch of your your heart. You already know what God is providing for you to do in Him. The question is, will you do it? Some of you need to extend yourself this morning and exercise a little more godliness. Some of you need to consider membership today. If what we have said is true, that you need a place to belong, some of you are drifting, you're floating. You don't belong anywhere, per se. When someone asks you, where do you go to church? Well, I... uh, That's a tough question. Let's just put it this way. I go. Some of you, you'd have to explain your answer because you don't truly belong anywhere. You need a place to belong. Well, I've got questions about that, Pastor Josh. Get the answers that you need. We want to help you with that. We're ready and equipped to help you. Let us answer the questions. And some of you today, you you need to pray or, or pattern your church role. You need to figure out where you best fit in the pattern. Remember what I said in the introduction this morning, that if you're a member of Bible Baptist Church, pick up a shovel and get to work? Some of you need to join in and help us out. There are people in this, in this body of believers, and I am thankful for this, but some of you are doing two and three things in the way of service. Some of you, we have to curb. Some of you, we have to pull back and say, you're, you're already doing too much. You don't even get the opportunity to sit and soak in church like you need to because you're out working. You're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing this. And there's no way you can do another thing. Let me just be honest with you this morning. Some of you aren't doing anything. Some of you are missing out on the pattern. You're just showing up. We have three boys in our home. To be a part of our family, you have to act like you're part of the family. If you see the trash overflowing, don't wait. Please, please don't wait. Don't be this guy either. Don't take your foot and try to mash it down when no one else is looking. Don't try to mash it down when no one else is looking so you don't have to take the trash out. If you see it overflowing, be the responsible one and prove to us that you love this house and you love your parents that brought you into this world. Take the trash out. Uh-huh. I've taught my boys this, or I'm striving to teach my boys this. If I'm working, 
you know what that means? You should be working. If I'm sweating and toiling, help a brother out. I'm 43 years old. I'm a minute away from a heart attack. Come on and help me. If I'm sweating, you should be sweating. If I have a shovel in my hand, you had better go find something and put in your hand and join in in the activity. Part of what's wrong with our society today. Amen. A little extra for you. If someone's working, join them in the activity. Well, I don't exactly know what I, what I should do. Then ask. If your papa's working, you better be working. Find a chair and let him sit down and you take over the activity under his supervision. We're all amen and excited and laughing about that. But the same is true in this place. If you see someone serving and working, how about asking them, hey, how'd you get started in that? Did they ask you to stand at the front door and shake hands? Because I, I think I might be, I'm probably better at it than you. <laughs> Rick, I see you smiling back there. Hey, um, how did you get the responsibility of picking up the donuts every Sunday morning because i am a lover of donuts if that's true in life it's certainly true of this place please don't let me offend you this morning i'm trying to to show you and to teach you god has called you to this place yes for the wonderful blessing that it is but he's called you to activity in this place to help to serve to truly be the church some of you this morning you need to exercise godliness some of you this morning you need to make some kind of a decision or maybe just find a quiet place and seek that decision maybe today's not the day of the decision but you need to seek god lord is this the place that you want me for membership is this where i need to join but some of you today you need to pray about the pattern how can i be involved and how can i prove that i'm a child of god and a part of god's word our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning a place thank you for joining us today for simple truths if you would like to accept christ as your savior or if you have questions please give us a call at 937-383-1122 or check us out on the web at bbcwilmington.org simple truths is a podcast sponsored by bible baptist church of wilmington ohio we hope you have a great day and may god bless you